0: The concept of sheep and shepherd is far removed from our 21st century mindset. It's removed from our urban life. A person could live all of his life or her life, and and they may see a sheep in a petting zoo or somewhere, but they really don't ever see a shepherd. Uh, So much so that today there are many pastors who say, don't call me pastor because nobody really understands what a shepherd is, but call me CEO because people can relate to what a CEO does. But the truth is, there are so many deep and rich and majestic understanding in that term shepherd that it could not be comprehended except by explanation, not by transliteration and take it into our modern day life. In the Old Testament times and in the times of Jesus, it was a, an everyday experience for them. It's part of their everyday vocabulary. They, they comprehended it. But that should not be a reason for us to abandon it, but rather to understand it. In fact, I really personally think that the concept of shepherd should apply to every father in a home. The concept of a shepherd should apply to every CEO and a leader, whatever they may be. Because when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he told us everything that we need to know about our Lord whom we worship. I know some of you at looking and visit, "Oh, wait a minute, everything? Yes, everything. That's not a mistake. I want you to listen carefully. <laughs> now, for those of you who are visiting, just to kind of remind you, we are in the middle of a series of sermons. There is an I in the I am, and um, we're looking at... This term, and I explained in the very beginning why Jesus used that term, I am, because he wanted to remind his Jewish hearers that he is the one in his pre incarnate form who appeared to Moses at the burning bush. That he, in his pre incarnate form, is the one who told Moses, Go down to Egypt and tell my people, I am who I am, sent you. In his pre-incarnate form, Christ is the one who identified himself as I am. So he was trying to bring to their mind that the same one who appeared to Moses said, I am in his pre-incarnate form. Now in his incarnate form, he is making these claims. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am who I am. And I am who I am tells us at the outset that this is an All inclusive description of who God is. It's an all inclusive, for it refers to God as timeless. It refers to God as all sufficient within Himself. He is all sufficient means that He needs nothing and no one. He is all self existent, that He does not need any wisdom from anybody, for He has all wisdom that he does not need power from anyone, for he is all-powerful. And he does not need to be worshipped or to be served, for he is self-sufficient. He is not accountable to anyone, for he answers only to himself. But that name also, it means he is timeless. He is eternal. He is the unchangeable God. He is the one who was, is the one is, and always will be. He is the great I am. And I want you to think with me, just for a minute, regarding the greatness of God and all the things I just said of what I am means. Think about the majestic meaning of it and all power and all wisdom, all self-sufficient God. And then you take that magnificent term, I am, and then you stick the good shepherd to it, they don't go together. They are polar opposites. They are two extremes. As East and the West cannot meet, it is an impossibility. Why? Because the great I Am, the all-powerful, the almighty, becomes a shepherd is incomprehensible. You see, back in the days of Jesus, in the early days of the New Testament... A shepherd's work considered to be the lowest of the low. It's the lousiest job that anyone can have. There could be no lower job in the world, of their world, as being a shepherd. The shepherd's job is 24-7. It is day and night. It's never ending. It is summer and winter, good weather and bad. (laughs) And the family, when they needed a shepherd, they got the youngest boy in the family and dumped the job on him. Because in the Middle East, not only back then, but even today, the youngest in the family is the runt in the family, especially the boy. (laughs) The youngest boy who's the runt in the family is the one who can take care of sheep. That's how Joseph ended up. That's how David was treated. That's how I was treated. (laughs) I only know it too well. I'm only grateful to God that my family were not shepherds. The great God of the universe. Think about this. The all-sufficient, the limitless God. The great God of the universe. High and mighty. He stoops down to be the lowest of the low. The lowest job of all that nobody ever wanted. The great God of the universe stoops down to take care of the flock. The great God of the universe takes care of you and me. He stoops down. To find us. He stoops down to redeem us. He stoops down to lovingly guide us. He stoops down to care for every one of our needs. He stoops down to embrace us. He stoops down to heal us. He stoops down to protect us. He stoops down to defend us. He stoops down so that he might lift us up. But there's something else here I need to tell you about the good shepherd before I get to the message. The word good, I know it's translated good in English, but really it doesn't give it the full meaning. Especially in the use of the word every day. It can be easily translated the lovely shepherd, the beautiful shepherd, the noble shepherd, the genuine shepherd, the perfect shepherd. No one like our shepherd. It reveals his inexplicable love for his sheep. It reveals his comprehensive knowledge of all the details in the life of every one of his sheep. It reveals his all-sufficiency for the sheep. I want to give you three things to reflect on that perfect shepherd. First of all, his character is all-attractive. His concern is all-inclusive. His call is unchanging. His character is all-attractive. This beautiful shepherd, this perfect shepherd, this genuine shepherd. His love for the sheep is complete without qualifications and without conditions. Look at verse 11 of John chapter 10. I am the perfect shepherd, and the perfect shepherd lay his life for the sheep. And then Jesus goes in to contrast himself with three entities, three different entities all have to do with sheep. He contrasts himself with the thief, then he contrasts himself with the wolf, then he contrasts himself with the hireling. I'm going to go through those very quickly. He contrasts himself with the thief. The thief is a very cunning and conniving creature. Uh, He really is. He comes across as he is a caring shepherd, but in reality, he really wanted to steal the sheep. That's all he wanted to do. The thief is the one, like false teachers and preachers and cults today, those who see the sheep as mere tools to enrich themselves, those who see the sheep as tools to use those who do not feed the sheep on the Word of God, but on the trends of culture, and understanding of society, by conforming to this world. In fact, I remember reading a story some time ago that just really brought this to my mind. A man whose only knowledge about sheep and shepherd was from the Bible. He's never seen a sheep and a shepherd, and then he saw what well, appeared to be a shepherd. He was beating the sheep with the stick, and he was yelling at the sheep and screaming at the sheep, and then finally, he stopped him. He said, My knowledge is that a shepherd is supposed to lead the sheep. The man looked at him and he said, I'm not the shepherd, I'm the butcher. <laughs> We've got lots of butchers around, appear to be shepherds. The second contrast that Jesus contrasts himself with is the wolf. The wolf is such a, a ferocious and fearsome beast whose strategy, listen to me, he has one strategy. And that is to come in and scare the sheep and scatter them. Once he scatters the sheep and they are all over the place, he does target one. And he really pursues that one sheep. He goes after that one sheep until he isolates that sheep from the rest of the flock. Until he gets that one sheep totally exhausted and lonely and helpless. And then he moves for the kill. This is how Satan works among believers. He tries to get you away from Christian fellowship. He gets you away from your small group fellowship. He gets you away from studying the Word of God and feeding upon the Word of God. He gets you away from other believers. He gets you far away from accountability. And then when he gets you away and gets you spiritually exhausted, he moves for the kill. The third contrast... As Jesus contrasts himself with a hireling. A hireling is the person who works for the sheep owners. He doesn't own the sheep. He works for a paycheck. His heart is not on the sheep, but his selfish ambitions. His life is not lived for the welfare of the sheep, but for his own welfare. And as soon as this hireling sees trouble, as soon as he sees the enemy, he cuts and runs. He doesn't stay with the sheep. As soon as he finds a better opportunity, he's gone. He jumps ship. Oh, by contrast, the beautiful shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the genuine shepherd, he said, I lay my life for the sheep. Just think about it. If you're working for a company and you notice that there's some sign of trouble in that company, what is the natural thing to do? The natural thing to do is to go and get another job, right? That's human nature. But the owner of the company cannot do that. He just can't do that. His life investment is in the company. So he hangs in there. He works day and night. He can do away with the necessities of life even. He can go without food or without sleep. And he works hard. Why? To salvage the company. This is his lifeblood. He owns it. He cannot abandon it. Now, I know a company is an inanimate object. Now, try to take that and multiply it a million times, and you get an idea of what the good shepherd is like in his relationship with his sheep. You see, when Jesus hung on that cross, he got down and dirty with the wolf, with the devil. I mean... On the cross, He broke His legs. He knocked his jaw and knocked out His teeth. When He was on that cross, He bruised the head of Satan, and He rendered him brain damaged. <laughs> he rendered him ineffective when it comes to the sheep. And so, His character is all-attractive. Secondly, His concern is all-inclusive. He cares for every one of His sheep. Because cares for every detail in the life of the sheep. You see, once he took on the big bad wolf on the cross, his job did not finish. That was not the end. After the resurrection, his protection of his sheep from the wolf did not stop there. He continuously gives us the armors to fight. He fights our battles for us. He defends us when we can't defend ourselves. He protects us when we don't even know we need protection. He cannot cut and run. He does not leave us in the lurch because He loved us all the way to the end. After all, He gave us His last name. You're one of His own. And so He does not only know you by name, He knows you intimately. And He does not just love you today and tomorrow, He loves you all the way to eternity until He presents you to His Father without a spot or blemish. Amen? He knows you intimately. I grew up with sheep and shepherd, not closely, but as a city slicker, but I ended up, going to villages, and I used to see sheep, and I used to see shepherds, and and I I watched how he was dealing with sheep, and he was dealing with everyone individually and differently. Of course, he drives them all together, but then when they're down, make sure this one goes there, and this one does this, and one does that, and I asked him one time, I said, how can they tell the difference? They all look alike to me. He said, he don't understand. I can tell you the characteristics of each one of those. This one is frisky. This one is timid. This one is this. This one is neat. This one is not going to eat unless I help him eat. This one will do this, and this one will scare the others. This one will do this, and this one will intimidate others. And he just literally knew every single one of his sheep. And if a human being, if a a man who takes care of sheep can say things like this, literally blew my mind at the time, imagine our perfect shepherd. You can't possibly imagine how much not only he knows and he cares about every single detail in your life. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your Achilles' heels. He knows your limitations. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows what cares we're carrying, what burdens we are carrying. He knows what causes us to stumble. He knows what causes us to fall. He knows what blesses us. He knows what encourages us. He knows you not just by name, but He knows you intimately. Far more than your nearest and your dearest will ever, ever, ever know you, even better than you know yourself. There may be a huge flock, But he knows each one individually. He loves everyone and cares for every one of them individually. Not one of his sheep is excluded. Not one. I know that some Christians, especially when they're going through a tough time, and they say, well, you know, I'm just not favored by God like so and so. Uh, Listen, that is wrong thinking. Don't think that way. Because God is giving somebody what He has not given you doesn't mean He's favoring one over you. He loves us all equally. He loves us individually. His concern is inclusive. Look at verse 16. I have another sheep that is not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. What is He talking about? These other sheep that is not in yet. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about you and me, actually, the Gentiles, because he's speaking primarily to a Jewish congregation. All the first church was 100% Jewish. They are coming to Jesus Christ and they're coming into that fold. These are Jewish believers. But when the Holy Spirit came to dwell on the earth, God the Holy Spirit gave Peter a special revelation. You remember when he was in Joppa, and literally he saw a special revelation and meant that for him to go over there and get Cornelius and his household, the first Gentile ever in the New Testament, to be baptized into Christ. And that way he opened the door for the Gentiles to come in and join with their Jewish brothers and sisters and together form one flock into one pin that belongs to Jesus. Today, His fold includes believers from every corner of the globe. they from the jungles of Indonesia to the depths of Central Africa. uh, From every tribe and every nation and every tongue, God is gathering His sheep. And he's bringing them every day. And we hear about them every single day at Leading the Way. Jesus is bringing his sheep from every corner of the globe. And you are part of it, whether you know it or not. You are part of it. We hear it all the time again and again. And my prayer, and you can pray for me, that I don't become jaded when I hear these incredible things that are happening and how people at the risk of their own lives coming to Christ. That doesn't become just another day. Uh, Because these stories you're not going to hear on CNN, but you'll hear them from other believers. But the one thing that all these sheep who are in and those who are coming in The one thing they have in common is they recognize His voice. They hear His voice from China to South America to the ends of the earth. And we have been privileged to participate in these sheep calling from every corner of the globe. From this place 3,000 times a week. The message of the gospel goes out in 21 languages, and you are being used of God to do that. His character is attractive. His concern is all-inclusive. Thirdly, his call is unchanging. It's unchanging. Listen to verse 27. Here's what he said. My sheep listens to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Listen to this. And they shall never perish. They shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. He got you in a triple lock. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Of my hand, no one, not even you. I know today with all that new technology and the stuff that we do with the internet and Facebook and the Twitter and all of the tweeting going around and, and all this new technology, I'll I tell you what, it causes our brain to scatter more than it already scattered. <laughs> I mean, all this brought with it conflicting voices. I mean, t- too many confusing voices that we hear more than any other time in history. And yet, with the cacophony of voices and sounds that are vying for our attention, his voice is heard by his sheep. Even the lazy sheep. (laughs) Even the sheep that's stubborn. The sheep that is running away the sheep that doesn't want to hear his voice. Now, you notice he did not say the religious people are going to hear my voice. No. He didn't say those people in the church are going to hear my voice. No. He didn't say those people who claim to be Christians are going to hear my voice. He said only those who are his are going to hear his voice. In fact, a true story that comes from World War I and was written by a British soldier who was stationed in Jerusalem. He said he was standing there one day, and he saw a group of Turkish soldiers came into a fold of sheep, and the shepherd was sound asleep, obviously being up or tired, exhausted, and they came, and they heard the sheep out, took them out of the pen. And he woke up, only to discover these Turkish soldiers just driving the sheep down the ravine. He couldn't fight them. He's only one man. So all of a sudden, he stood on that hill, put his hand to his mouth, and he issued a call, a call that he issues every single day to call them back. At that moment, at the first call, all the sheep stopped. Then at the second call, they turned around side of the ravine up to where the shepherd was, and the soldiers could not catch up with him. And when I read this, I said, that's My shepherd, who said that my sheep recognize my voice. Even when they deliberately try to run away from me, they will hear my voice. Many of you know my testimony. In the times when I ran away from the Lord, I still could hear His voice. I was rebellious. I was trying to ignore it, but I couldn't. In fact, part of my testimony says if you go back to Egypt and you look at the sand, You notice the marks of my heels as he dragged me by the back of my neck. (laughs) And I'm digging my heels. What a great shepherd we have. What a great shepherd we have. He always brings his own back. No matter how far you might wander off. No matter how deep you might dig your heels. No matter how long your departure. Look at verse 18. No one, no one can snatch him out of my hand. I want you to think this with me, okay? I'm coming toward the end now, so I, I don't want you to miss this. Those are the very hands that he willingly let them be fastened and nailed to a wooden cross so that he may redeem all of his sheep. Those very hands that are holding you tight that no one can take you out of those hands. No one can pluck you out of those hands are the same hands that would nail to that cross. Jesus goes on to say, I'm not forced to do that. I'm not under obligation to do that. I do that willingly. I lay it for my sheep because I am the perfect shepherd. I don't know where you are. He does, and you do. Let your simple cry to him today say, Lord, I thank you for loving me to the end. I thank you that you've given me your last name. I thank you for loving me all the way to that cross. And I thank you for not giving up on me. I come back to you. Whatever doubt I allowed into my life, whatever fear, whatever anxiety, whatever deception the enemy brought to my life, I surrender it to you. And I come to you. Precious Father, I thank you for Jesus, the great shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the lovely shepherd. I thank you that he said, I have authority to lay it down, and he did. And I thank you that he took it up again. And I thank you for the resurrection. And I thank you for the fact that he's soon coming back to take the believers with him to reign and rule with him in heaven. And Father, I pray for each one of us that wherever we are, we may discover afresh the incredible bonds of love that the Good Shepherd has for us and that those bonds will bring us back to you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org that's l t w dot org